Yeah, once I I got it from the library, and once I realized that, like there were actual exercises in this book um, that I would need to um, that I would actually need to own a copy for to go through on a regular basis, I kind of just skimmed the rest of the book. But the first seventy some pages were pretty good. It's and we're we're talking about the the Jeff Tweedy book, How to Write One Song. Uh, yeah. You you know how much I, I love the 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 Tweed. Uh, yeah. <laughs> which I, I I'm, you know, I'm right there I, with you, pal. I, you know. Um, clearly, we're we're very close friends because only his closest friends call him the Tweed uh, or the Tweed yeah. Man, the Tweedster. Uh, I, I've only just call I just call him Jeff, <laughs> um, or um, occasionally when I'm in a Mavis Staples sort of mood, I, I go Tweedy Tweedy. Because when I saw her at La Palooza, she brought him out on stage, and um, you know I you know I recorded an album, and Tweedy was my producer. Well, Tweedy's here. I'm going to sing this song. Uh, that was just a gosh darn delight. <laughs> I love those those albums they made together. They did a couple of them. They're so good. Um, yeah, it's yeah, it, they're they're delightful. Well, let's let's go ahead and introduce the show since we're we're kind of beating around the bush anyway. This is this is Mental Platypus. I'm Jared. I'm Jason. You can find us on social media accounts at mental underscore platypus. <laughs> I'll wait out that person's car alarm. You can find us uh, <laughs> on social media at mental underscore platypus. Um, if you'd like to, to email anywhere uh, any, about anything regarding the show, you can head over to easiest ways, mental platypus.com, go to the contact page and, and, uh, and, Send us an email that way. There's a, a nice little form. And uh, if you would rate, review, subscribe to us wherever you happen to be listening to us, it would be greatly appreciated. Um, we mm-hmm. are are currently holding at uh, five stars on Apple Podcasts, and it would be nice to maintain that rating. So if uh, you can say whatever you'd like. You can completely trash us, say we're assholes, whatever you want, as long as you give us five stars. <laughs> Yeah, That's all that you gotta pay for the privilege of trashing us. So five star <laughs> rating means you get to say shit. It's it's a pretty cheap admission, if you ask me. Though, um, though uh, I did, uh, um, in the interest of full disclosure, I, I did uh, try to rate us on Apple Podcasts. I almost gave us four stars. It would have been uh, really, hilarious if uh, yeah. a dip in our ratings uh, was due to you. <laughs> Well, I mean, I always think there's, I personally always try, you know, think there's room for improvement always in everything that I do, but. Um, well, you can say so as long as you give us five stars. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I corrected, I corrected the error. We're, we're, we're back at five stars. Thank God. <laughs> Just uh, would hate to see. Uh, you, you can well, find this person who's determined to tank our ratings at Jason E. Kyle, <laughs> K-E-I-L, on, on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, and um, you can find uh, um, this uh, uh, huge Jeff Twee fan at LTD underscore engagement um, on the uh, Twitter. Um, and um, you can take the tweezers... I, you know what? I can't do it anymore. <laughs> I can't. I can't come up with a cool way to drop the underscore. But just drop the underscore uh, for the instas. Ltd. Engagement, all one word. Um, so if you want to hear what uh, pub rock punk post punk album that yours is listening to. I, I'd like to think I'm a little more eclectic than that, but I'm gonna try. Uh, you can take the you can take the tweezers and pluck that underscore out like a like an unwanted hair, and uh, and then smash the <laughs> like an ingrown hair. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! So the Tweety book, I I I loved his memoir. It's one of the, my mm-hmm. it's one of my favorite books. Just based on 
how um you know it was it was very fresh as far as the the style of of uh his writing and how mm-hmm. candid he was with everything and i did not enjoy this book as much uh, yeah. it was, it was great from a self-improvement standpoint. I, I, I found it very, uh, he's very much, a. you know, what, what makes it worth reading is how much he, he loves the act of writing and, and how, you know, enthusiastic he is that, and encouraging that everybody, everybody should find some way of creating something and then it's the most wonderful thing you can do. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that was my main takeaway was that he was encouraging about it. Um, it's like, and it's not just about writing a song. It's like a manual for like stimulating your creativity. Um, and he was really, there are things that I felt like I could walk away from with it. Um, Mm -hmm. Just you know, applying to writing in general, and I mean overall, it's it was very self-effacing. That was that was something too. Is that he's he's just like you know, this is this is something you can try. It may work. It might not work. You know, and and Mm -hmm. uh, I I don't know. There's there's something very endearing about it, and um, and yeah, it was it was a fun little read. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I. Um, you gonna? Like he was, and he thing is, he's really humble about it. He's like, I, you know, I somehow have stumbled upon songwriting as an outlet and as a career. Um, I and he also was very clear mm-hmm. that don't, don't think that, um, do not think that you're going to uh, um, become like me, <laughs> or uh, because of this book. Uh, he's not. He's not a Tony Robbins about it. Um, he just says it's... If you want to figure out kind of the... Mis- uh, he, yeah. Because songwriting is such a mysterious craft, he's trying to take some of the mystery out of it. Um, make it seem less mysterious. The thing is that we, we've both interviewed a number of songwriters over the years, and it's interesting to me how split people are uh, between whether or not they want to discuss their songwriting techniques or whether they mm-hmm. they would rather talk about anything else because they want to um, I, I don't know there's almost like a superstition around it mm-hmm. I I can that's the thing about um, this book is that the first 70 pages pretty much answer every question that I've ever, um, I've ever had. I've ever answered every question I've ever asked to a songwriter, um, uh, about like what inspires them or what inspires an album. Um, I thought it was, um, I thought it was funny that, um, a song like Jesus, etc. Uh, he mentions that he, uh, pretty much, uh, wrote that in five minutes. Um, well, like, what's what's great about it too is that he, I mean, he approaches it as a job. I mean, it, yeah. he he, you know, he writes every day, and mm-hmm. and um, he doesn't. He's not somebody who believes in writer's block, and that's where the exercises come in. Like, if you find yourself struggling for something, then mm-hmm. do an exercise and and try to to unlock, you know, or move that block, basically. Um, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's pretty, I, I, I like the way he thinks about that. Cause I, I have as, as one of the reasons that I'm not as prolific as I would like to be is that I've just always been like, I will write when, uh, when it comes to me. And so, mm-hmm. especially as over the last year, as, uh, I've, I've, I, you know, I've always been somebody who's dealt with with depression and that that has has definitely um i think that hinders that creative process a little bit um it is uh because you i i, I don't know about anybody else but I, I will find myself spinning in kind of a 
um, you know, my mind will go in circles. The kind of the anxiety, the depression, it, it, it kind of stifles the creative juices. So if you, mm -hmm. if you use an exercise to, to kind of work yourself out of that, um, I, I think that that's, I think that's pretty valuable. Um, it's something that I totally intend to, to try. Um, it's, yeah, I don't know. It also struck me as a book, the sort of book that, that you kind of need to have hanging around because you can keep going back mm -hmm. to it maybe when you, when you, you know, you need to. Um, yeah, I think I need it, to. Uh, I read that, it straight through. Oh, I, I got from the library. So I think it's something that if I, if I do at one point want to write one song, um, as definitely like a purchase I need to make, um, but I got from the library, so I kind of skimmed the other the other half of the book with the exercises. Um, I was curious, though. So you you someone, don't play an instrument, right? Um, I, sir, I played trombone for six years in high school, and, and through my, throughout my <laughs> my Do public school career. Do you plan to career. write some sweet some sweet songs on trombone, <laughs> sir? Maybe I do. You you do not know, okay? I can play a little bit no, of piano. No, that's true. Do you have... Okay. I just... So, I was curious. We I can, never really talked about it. I talk about no. playing guitar all the time because I've, I've been playing for 20 years, but I'm also you the never really talk about... I'm also the sir. Oh, well, there you go. So, you just... You so. never talk about playing music. So I, 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 wasn't, I wasn't trying to put you down or anything or say... Oh, that's because... I was oh, genuinely... I don't play. I don't play nearly as. Yeah, no. I, I, um, I also um, play with uh, the instruments. Uh, the the toy. Uh, my my oldest has a guitar um, in the shape of a dog that can actually play notes. Um, it um, it can bark <laughs> in tune, <laughs> or it can sound like an there electric guitar. Um, so, um, no, but, um, I, I was genuinely, I, I, I did get a ukulele as a gift, uh, a while back and, um, uh, I, I've, uh, had every intention of like, uh, pursuing it to the point where I could, um, play love songs that would, uh, woo, uh, uh, and, be romantic and such. Um, but, uh, sadly that did not, uh, come to fruition. Um, but I, I, what I wanted to ask you, cause I know you're someone who has suffered through writer's block and I'm, and I'm personally someone who doesn't believe in it cause I can't, <laughs> um, cause of my job, did you find, um, these, um, did you find these helpful? Like any of these exercises helpful, um, to yourself? I, I don't, uh, I don't think, um, I don't necessarily think that I have writer's block. I know it's a very much a, a mental thing and, um, I, I've never been somebody who would just sit down and, and, and write every day. I never got into a writing routine. It's just, I have mm -hmm. always, I've always been been uh i'll just write as ideas come to me and for a long time that was great because they were coming pretty regularly i, I had never until recently really had to be in a position of of trying to to force some sort of structure so that i can i can get the juices flowing and and um and uh you know work out some ideas i don't know it's 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 uh it's an interesting, interesting time because uh, I don't I, I I don't know. It just has it, it's 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 also it's different. I I have I I love writing to assignment, um, and I you know you, that that is what you do. Uh, I have mm -hmm. have only within the last couple of years dabbled in 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 freelance work so uh that you know when i was in writing classes um 
and, and faced with needing to create something new on a regular basis, I, I had no problem because I, I worked pretty well under pressure. Now, uh, I, you know, I, I don't really have any exterior pressure to get anything done. Um, so I kind of, you know, I'll, I'll jot down ideas for something and, and also writing fiction is very different. You know, I, I, Mm -hmm. and writing, writing poetry and writing fiction, which is predominantly what I do, you know, it's, it's all of those ideas just are, are based on whatever, you know, they can be based on some real life inspiration or something, but it's not like writing a review or interviewing somebody or, or, or anything like that, where you have a very, you know, concrete starting place. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I, I don't know. It's, uh, have you, have you done much creative writing outside of assignment work? Not, I mean, I have, I'm actually been secretly working on like a short story, um, uh, well, it's not a secret now. Our five listeners now know I've been secretly working on a on a story. Our listener, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Our, so um, our our four our four listeners. It keeps uh, going down. You. That's great. Yeah. I, I, actually, no. Our I think three we're up listeners. To six. Yeah. Um, our two <laughs> listeners. Our listeners. I think we're up to six. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so I'm. Anyway, so I've been kind of secretly been working on circuits. I have been trying to get more creative. Um, and, uh, in that regard. So I, um, and it was just something I, I, inspiration came to me. I didn't have to work for it. Uh, I wanted to do something that I wanted to do something that I thought would be funny. I think, for me, it's knowing how long it would take. It, like it takes uh, to invest in something like that. Um, knowing that I can take over two years for people to write a novel, or even longer, um, in some cases. Um, mm -hmm. And not saying I'm a Jonathan. And that's the thing is, I don't think I'm. When it comes to fiction and poetry i don't think i'm in any uh i don't think i'm a philip roth or jonathan franzen or even a um uh james patterson and i'm well, uh, we, barely nobody Michael wants Crichton. to be a james patterson james patterson isn't <laughs> james patterson there's a, a team of writers that are james patterson so right, so, I, right. you know i i don't know i i've never i I don't think there's any use in, in, in thinking anything like that, though. I, I mean, mm -hmm. hopefully the idea is that as a writer, you're Jason Kyle. That's, you right. know, it's, you're not going to be writing any of those people's stories because they're writing their stories. You're, you're writing your stories. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, I don't know. I, as, a, as a fiction writer, my work has always been... You know, I when I was when I was nineteen, eighteen, nineteen, somewhere around there. Um, when I when I finished high school and decided that I was going to write a novel and be a singer songwriter, and and didn't mm -hmm. go to college, <laughs> I, uh, I I wrote a novella, um, and it was something that I, I, I guess I needed to do at the time to excise my influences because it was very much, you know, I was, I, I, I had, you could read that. I, I, and I don't, I don't have it anymore. I don't think, I don't think I have a copy of it even. Uh, you know, it's, it, it was something that um, <laughs> was a mixture of, you know, neurotic Jewish humor and uh, uh, like a, a, a sort of uh, detective by way of Bukowski, you know, and it's, uh, 
I've never written anything like that since, and I've never been interested in writing a novel since. Um, Mm -hmm. I I prefer writing these sort of impressionistic conversational pieces. Um, And then, you know, I had never been interested in writing poetry at all until I started taking some classes and then decided I would throw my hat in the ring for both fiction and poetry emphases when I did end up going to to college and they liked me for poetry so I went for poetry and uh, uh, I don't know it's what's interesting is that the way I feel about writing is the way is the same way that I've approached everything else which is I never wanted to do it anybody else's way and while I think that there's value in um, learning structure and learning, um, you know, different schools of writing, uh, learning criticism, all that kind of thing, because the idea being that you need to understand the structure in order to work outside of it, I, I, I think that there's some merit to that. But ultimately, you know, I, I'm not going to sit around writing super act structured novels that are outlined or stories that are outlined. And I'm not going to write poetry that's in any sort of, you know, style. I'm not going to be sitting around writing, um, I don't know, blank verse or, or Sestinas or whatever. It's just, I don't, I don't, I, I don't even know where I'm going with that. Now I'm just kind of rambling about, about writing, but well, to, to Tweety's and to your point, take your shot. <laughs> <laughs> For those playing your drinking game. <laughs> like the one thing I, I've gone kind of like, the one thing I've kind of done is um, I kind of stole this idea um, from, and it's not like an original idea, but um Brian Koppelman, who I interviewed for my AV Club article a while back, um, who's the co-creator of Billions. He co-wrote the movie Rounders. Um, he has a podcast. He, does this, he has a podcast, which is really good. Yeah, I listened to the Elvis um, Custa little episode a little while back. Yep. Yeah. And and um, I think uh, he's a mensch. I mean, he's a human being. He's a wonderful person. Um, and... Um, he um, he does this thing where he just, as soon as he gets up in the morning, he writes. And it doesn't matter what it is, he just free writes. And that's kind of what I did when I was developing, kind of developing like a short story I knew, kind of something that I wanted to write about. And one thing I did is I had all these, one thing I got out of it is I got, I wrote like 50 to like 100 words. Um, about anything and then I started to develop the point of view that I wanted to take um, it made it more dis- distinct I didn't feel like um, it, it gave me focus um, which is a really cool thing to have in the morning um, because <laughs> uh, since I've now I'm trying to like connect put all my pieces of the story that I wrote together into like one little short thing um, and I stopped writing in the morning and I kind of lost my focus a little bit. So I'm kind of want to get this done so I can start on something else, um, or just write some more or something. But yeah, I, I, I need to just, get into, I need to force myself into a routine. I guess that's, that's kind mm-hmm. of, I, I've been trying, I don't know, man, I, I have part of this, the, one of the byproducts of the pandemic is that at one on, on one hand, I have become hyper um, structured as far as routine goes. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, I've, I've also uh, completely issued uh, building any, any creative routines. It's like, <laughs> you know, I, I get up, I, I work out or I go for a run. I have my coffee. I, I watch Mark Marin. I, um, 
I listen to some podcasts. I, I have to log in for, for work and start doing my day job. And then when I'm done, you know, the, the, these last couple of weeks, I just, I've been sitting around watching um, that animated Star Wars show, Rebels. <laughs> <laughs> which is really good is actually good? I, I, if you if you like star wars i think it's 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 actually a pretty good now, is show that, is that connected to mandalorian uh if we're talking if we're going to nerd out on timeline i think it takes place prior to mandalorian right so i think there are characters and rebels that show up in mandalorian correct yeah and also the clone wars yeah, basically, it's between it's after the Clone Wars because the Empire is around, um, mm-hmm. and it's before Mandalorian. Okay, the reason why I ask is because I got into um, a, a very serious discussion with several four year olds today. Oh, um, about the difference between uh, Baby Yoda and uh, Master Yoda. Well, there's a huge <laughs> difference. For one thing, Baby Yoda's not Yoda, so right. It's yeah when. I won't. We won't ruin what his name is, but uh, <laughs> no Mandalorian for those who spoilers. Watched season two of The Mandalorian. Yeah, um, but uh, it was a very, um, <laughs> it was a very intense discussion with several, several four-year-olds who clearly have <laughs> were know everything, think they know everything, uh, and yet know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's funny how that that evolves over time. You begin thinking that you know everything, and then you wind up knowing much more, but feeling like you don't know shit. Yeah, it's um, it's that Bob Seger line: uh, the uh, the more I know, the less I understand. Or uh, or it's Don Henley. Or uh, it's something. Don Henley. Yeah, it's it's yeah. the uh, the heart of the matter. The more I know, yeah. the less I understand. The less I understand. Uh, all the things I thought I... Um, what was it? All but the it's about I forgiveness. I, yeah, it is about forgiveness. And you know what? That's one of the greatest fucking songs of all time. I know! But we're not going to go on a Henley tangent. Not not this week. Are you sure? Because we week. can. Uh, I'm ready. No, I don't, I, think, I don't think this is the time or the place. Because um, I... Um, well, it's just all the things I, I thought find, I figured out. I have to learn again. That's that's yeah, the line that follows it. Yeah. yeah. Well, the the irony of like all this stuff that I learned, like that they teach you, like in writing books and classes, like just writing, you know, just writing just to write stuff. That advice that I thought, oh, that's a really good idea, but it's not for me because I'm, I'm, uh, I'm the. Jen Nix's answer to Hemingway or some shit like that. <laughs> I thought about myself like that. Like it really, like it's like I, I find that outlines even for stuff that the type of stuff that I write um, for publications um, really helps me out <laughs> uh, and definitely makes the process quicker and definitely gets um, the garbage out. That was just, that was always um, my least favorite part of writing was doing the structured mm-hmm. outlines. I fucking hated it. So then I, mm-hmm. I swore that when I, you know, when I was done having to do it, I would never do it again. Yeah. Well, it's the thing is like the stuff that I used to hate, like stuff like that, that I thought that my teachers would say that you should do this. And then I would say, bullshit, like I'm, and even when I was like, a college student and I was writing, I was like, I'm just going to go where the story takes me, man. I don't want to like lose the connectivity or whatever. I'll just make it work. Like it, that's how I write, but without the condescension in my voice. <laughs> yeah. See, I'm, I'm faking the condescension. Uh, I'm not really, but the thing that I've kind of learned, you know, practicing, you know, doing this story is that, I don't know if anyone's ever going to read this piece of shit that I'm writing. Um, it'd be cool. Like I have ideas for it, but um, where it it could end up somewhere. But I'm. Uh, but um, if the one thing it kind of did is it helped me develop some ideas and uh, at least helped me craft a point of view. Um, and I'm really thankful for that. Like and. 
I, it, it's just, it's weird. And, and even outlines, like I thought, I used, I hate outlines. I hate structure. I just want to go where I think the story is going to go. But it doesn't, like, it's so much easier when you have a structure. You just have to fill it in. <laughs> Especially when you got, like, a word count and a deadline to worry about. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's, uh, um, so, yeah, I'm learning that, uh, God, my teachers are right, man. <laughs> I, think, I, I think everything has its place. And I think, I, I, arguably, I'm sure there are people that need that kind of structure. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It, it just, uh I don't know. But, no. you know, what's it, interesting it, is it was occurring to me while you were while you were talking, because I, I was, you know, of course I was in my own head thinking my own thoughts, not paying any much attention to what you were saying. Uh, sounds about right. Yep. And I want to tell you what a great listener you are. <laughs> I'll have you know I am, actually. If, if, if I am... Uh, it's I, I am a great listener. If you can go back, how did you to, get to host a podcast? I was going to say you can go back to the hundreds of hours of of <laughs> of interviews that I've done, and and you can tell that I that I am an intent listener because because as we know from last week's interview, I don't do shit for research. I just base all of my my questions and everything off of listening to the person talk. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I do hope that people listen to the heck out of that one. That was a really fun thing to do. I can't wait to do another one. Yes, I am. It, it definitely got the, the, uh, uh, the, the, the itch to do, to do more interviews on down the road. But I interrupted you, Jared, please continue. Oh, yeah. So what I was saying, um, is that, I mean, ideally, you know what would be what would be outstanding in, a, in an ideal world is that we would have the opportunity as as writers to just live a life of the mind um you know to be intellectuals to be writers and you know uh, that you know in a society that would be valued and we could, you know, if I wanted to, I could just continue to, to be in workshops and spend my time just doing that and not have to worry about poverty. I'm, and the only reason why I'm laughing is because, um, you're channeling John Turturro and you end up and think. I didn't even think about that, but I've seen that film. The life of the mind. <laughs> I've seen that film so many times that 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 makes sense. It's I am an artist. <laughs> I create. <laughs> oh man, that makes so much sense. Oh, I that I've seen that film so many times that it is just in my subconscious. <laughs> um god damn it but that i mean then that's one of my that's one of my all-time favorite top five coen brothers films I, I can't i can't wait till the bars open again you're like trying to dance with some girl and you're, i am a writer <laughs> yeah except for the sobriety part yeah <laughs> uh but uh i'm sorry continue <laughs> No, that was it. I was yeah. just being a, a a a pompous ass about uh about being a an artiste. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was it was oh. it, I needed to be deflated. It was good. <laughs> no, I just, I was, <laughs> there I go again. No, no, no. Uh, crushing your ego with that's okay. I mean, that's the thing is, you know, as, as soon as, as soon as I, uh, I start getting, uh, a, a little, a little, uh, elevated, a little, uh, out of my funk, uh, it, I need to be put back down. It's, it's what I, it's what I come here for week after yeah, week. Thanks, buddy. Week after week, the punishment. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, I'll tell you what though, I did not, I, um, the one thing Tweedy doesn't address, going back to what we were originally talking about, the one thing Tweedy doesn't address, or maybe he does, I can't, maybe I skimmed over it, 
is that he does say that anyone can write a song. He's very clear about that. He feel and he feels he is an anyone. He's just you know he doesn't say that anyone could or should write a song. Um, so that's kind of where and that he he gives a very important where, delineation. He you know he says yeah. that your goal if you want to write a song should be to write a song. Being a, a like a working musician or being a rock and roll star or whatever it is, that's an entirely different thing, you know. Yeah. But, but the structure is there. I mean, learning a few chords and writing a few verses. If you have something that you mm-hmm. want to get out, that you can do it. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I thought that that was that that was good that the, that he was very clear on the. This is not how to make you me. This is not how to make you a yeah. successful songwriter. This is not how mm-hmm. to to you know make it in the music industry. This is this is tips for for getting a song out of you if you want. He's very clear that um, probably what you write may pass on an open mic night. Um, <laughs> I'm paraphrasing there, um, but he says chances are you're probably like anyone gets past the. Uh, the gatekeepers and open mic night. So, I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, it's, it's just a matter of that's, I mean, he does talk about confidence in your voice, you know, because, mm. um, you know, again, singing as a, as this form of expression, um, not worrying about being technically great, but you know, just kind of good enough to accompany your own melody. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, let's be clear, um, plenty of plenty of people have made lots of money uh, not singing. Uh, <laughs> this is this is true. Most, uh, I believe, um, Johnny Ron definitely made lots of money not singing for about a good decade. With Public Image Limited and Sex Pistols. And- <laughs> yeah. I, you know, some of my favorite singers are the ones that have a character to their voice, not necessarily mm-hmm. technically proficient. I mean, one of my yeah. favorite singers is Tom Waits. Yeah, I, I was going to say, Tom Waits isn't, uh, in the island years, probably doesn't uh, sing as much as he huffs and puffs. <laughs> I I, I, I got to say, though, doing... Uh, um, you know the 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 great, you know, um, stuff from the from the eighties with that where he's just kind of we sail to night for Singapore. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. I love it. Um, Clap you know, stuff, hands. Yeah. Clap hands. Uh, you know the the Black Rider where he, where he, like where he's actually going full on German. You know, or, or like doing a, a German affectation. That's <laughs> <laughs> so great. <laughs> I love it. It's fantastic. Uh, and now you will listen to. Uh, now, when we're done, you will immediately put on uh, Rain Dogs and. <laughs> but I mean, Frank's Wild Years. There's just. There's also again. There's there's something great to his voice. There's something that can be very heartbreaking to his voice too. Um, mm-hmm. You know when he's singing like it it, it uh, it's like Dylan too. You know they can be very affecting with their limited range. Um, you know when yeah. Waits sings a uh, um, train song or it it took a um, uh, a, a train to a train took me away from here, but a train can bring me home. Mm-hmm. Uh, a downtown train? That's a different train. Maybe uh, it just occurred to me, um, and maybe you know the answer to this. I don't really feel like Googling it. Um, but has um, Mr. Waits ever commented on Mr. Stewart's covers of his music? You know, I think that it's it's it falls under the same category as uh, as the Eagles cover of Old 55, you know, that... Uh, he was kind of happy to see the money from it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I didn't realize, you know, speaking of Rod Stewart, 
Uh, I had I didn't realize that uh, that "Leave Virginia Alone" was a Tom Petty song until I got the 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 new Wildflowers set. Oh yeah, yeah, that was um, it's um, yeah, I, I didn't um, I didn't put the I remember that I remember hearing that song. It's pay well. I, and I heard that and I was like, this song sounds so, listening to that Wildfire song, I was like, this song sounds so familiar. Yeah. Where have I heard this song before? I didn't realize that Peggy gave it to him. Like, that's the story, Yeah, right? the story is that he gave it to Rod Stewart because he had just, he felt that he had just recorded a song that sounded too much like it already. So mm-hmm. he gave it to, to Rod Stewart. And it's just like... Yeah. <sighs> Dude, I miss Petty so much. That guy, oh, you too. the 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 his he was yeah, such a fucking songwriter, man. I would that man came to Milwaukee so many times when I lived there, and I never went to see him. And I wish I had taken the chance, um, because I never it, it, it's such a missed opportunity. I've never seen Petty live. I, I have. It's one I uh, I got to see him at an outdoor show. Uh, Jackson Brown opened for him. God damn, dude! You, you know you you um you're je- I know you're kind of jealous of that's it's my Amy man publicly. It's- <laughs> that's your squeezing Amy man, dude. That is your squeezing Amy man. Yeah, Jackson Brown and Tom fucking Petty. You know, congrats. That is your that is your thing. So, and he played but, when I saw him. He played most of it was on the last DJ tour, and on that particular leg of it, he had abandoned a lot of the material that they were playing from that, and he played a ton of Full Moon Fever. That, yeah, I last DJ. I'm not. I like it okay. It's yeah. I I mean it's definitely not my favorite. There are a couple of tracks on there that are pretty good, but that was his I'm so pissed at the music industry album and uh it didn't uh it didn't go over particularly well, but mm-hmm. sometimes it works. Sometimes if you're Billy Joel or uh you can turn into a 3-minute hit like The Entertainer. Sure. Uh, sometimes if it doesn't uh I mean, it can turn into. Oh, the last DJ isn't bad. Like I'm trying to think of like a bad bite the hand that feeds me record. Yeah, again, it's it's not terrible. It's just like it's a it, yeah. you know it it comes well, off I, as kind of of you know, old man yelling at cloud. Yeah, especially because you know he's he's kind of upset that that he's being phased out as he gets older. That there you know that there's yeah. that. Uh, um, he's not getting the like the radio play that he used to, and and things like that, and it's too corporate and all of that. But this is already somebody at that point who had had such massive success that it's kind of like, okay, man, you know, really, you gotta, <laughs> you feel like you have to uh, express all of this anger at a business that has handed that you know, given you all these top forty hits and sold millions of albums and you never have to monetarily worry about anything ever again. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You know, it's just, it gets a little tiresome, but then he came out and, uh, and did that highway companion album not that long after. And that thing is fucking amazing. Was echo before or after last DJ echo. I think that that was the first time where he felt, you know, echo came out and echo is also okay. That's the one that's got like room at the top of the world and um, uh, swinging. Yeah, it, that's I love Echo. I love that song. Echo is great. When, that's the same set. Echo. Um, mm-hmm. That yeah, and and that was the like he felt that album didn't get its dues, and so like the did. last the last DJ was a response to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it, it did, and the last DJ. Well, I. There's a line in the last DJ that um, is just funny now because um, it's true. It's like um, the boys upstairs 
want to see how much you'll pay for what you used to get for free. Yeah. <laughs> Unless, yeah. Um, the boys are, yeah, that, um, cause that's true, but I, it's just, um, again, like having done that article on Electro, which was like a Warner brothers, you know, imprint. Yeah. Imprint. Um, like they used to just rely on radio play, just push them, push it. Cause they knew that's what drove album sales. Right. So if it doesn't get played on the, like, when I remember Clear Channel just being on the, being on everyone's lips at that time when the album came out, because that's all anyone I interviewed in Milwaukee would talk about, was like, Clear Channel owns everything, man. Like, there's no way a band can, like, an indie band can make it nowadays. And that's when indies started to, like, really make it smart, because they were fighting against the clear channels of the world and pay was on their side. I mean, that, that is kind of crazy. The, the whole evolution of that to where we are now with, Mm -hmm. there, there are a couple of independent stalwarts, but for the most part, radio is terrible. Mm -hmm. Well, one, one band that kind of got drug through the mud, (laughs) um, what, uh, as, the lecture of minutes demise was third eye blind. <laughs> mm. And it's funny because the Eve six, are you, do you pay attention to Eve six on Twitter by any chance? Mm-hmm. So the guy, as I'm sure, you know, Eve six had like this mildly big hit in the late nineties. And for the last half a year or so on Twitter, um, the lead singer whose name escapes me, has been calling out people on Twitter uh, or just giving honest opinions on his contemporaries at the time. Um, so he kind of drugged Third Eye Blind through the mud. Uh, and it's funny because like, that was a name, that was a band that got mentioned heavily by certain members in that article. Like, And that song is just, that music is just, with the exception of like two or three songs, that band is just shit. <laughs> uh, um, Wait, are you saying just, that band is shit or that band is the shit? No, the band is shit, as in okay. Three Eye Blind is an awful band. That I don't know why like a record label will push them when clearly Spoon is on your label. Right. And, and <laughs> um yeah, I, don't, I mean the well, thing is that uh, you know, and it, <laughs> or Tom Petty is on your label and upset. <laughs> I mean, right. keep Tom I mean, Petty happy. The, you would think so. I, you know, it's there, 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 there did definitely come a point where it seemed like artistic merit was not what was considered at all. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And or going back to Tweety, keep Wilco happy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, it's, uh, I, I don't know. It's, uh, it, all of those, you know, we kind of came up in the very, at the very end of it because there, there's a time where, you know, college radio was a thing and, mm-hmm. you know, people were playing more of what they wanted. And it's very much, I mean, unless you're, you're like K rock or, um, I don't know what's what KCRW or something or or if there there are a few yeah. um there are a few radio stations out there and and locally we have a couple that play that are independent that play what they want um but yeah for the most part it's it's you know the the idea of the DJ and the DJ as a tastemaker is gone mm mm-hmm. um but uh not that that system was perfect by any means, you know. There was the whole paywall oh, no, scandal and all that. So it's ripe, ripe for corruption. All, yeah, absolutely. All through the nineties. Uh, absolutely. But uh, well, it's funny because now like TikTok is like the is the tastemaker, and it's because the people who make the videos are playing what they want, and so. It's, you, uh, it's it's kind of crazy, I, and I think we can kind of yeah. wrap up on this and, and start our our, our uh, recommendations. But mm-hmm. 
the I, I today I watched the first video that I've watched in a long time, the first music video that I've watched in a long time. Um, and the first music video I've watched in a long time based off of an article that I clicked on. Um, and it was about the new St. Vincent. And I like that song a lot. It's really, really good. I haven't listened to it yet. I, I'm a huge St. Vincent fan. And full disclosure, I have a pretty hardcore crush on St. Vincent. Um, As you should. <laughs> so... I, it's it, it, she definitely seems like the sort of, of woman I couldn't handle and which is why I'm even all the more attracted to her um, and uh, but anyway it's it's a really great song um, and but you know I, I don't know for the I that's that what you're saying is is absolutely true you know TikTok is 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 taste making and and there you know there are other uh other avenues for, for for music to get out there none of which i are on my radar really um mm-hmm. you know i i i started uh i started kind of regularly checking out all songs considered um cuz that's that's more my speed because now i'm a a a, a you know culturally speaking i'm i'm kind of an out of the loop uh, old guy. <laughs> mm-hmm. I occasionally go back to that well, but um, I get sick of them fawning over Bon Iver still. Do they do when that you, still? I, still, I, I kind of ignore Not, that because I've I, I I I'll be honest, I've never if gotten Bon Iver. Uh, I, I have. It's, if they don't mention Bon Iver and how great for how great that first album is at least once a month. Um, something's wrong. They are. And the other thing is, but when I've listened back lately, they have gone out of their way um, to bring in uh, more diverse voices. Yeah. Um, because mainly it's been Robin and um, mainly it's been Robin and um, Bob. Yeah. Boylan, um, who once email, I emailed, um, and he wrote me back a very kind letter uh, after I sent him an article. Um, he's also a very good friend, I think, of our mutual friend Sarah Ventry. Oh, because um, um, they she uh, was to internship at NPR. Yeah, I remember her saying something about that. Um, anyway, that's neither here nor there, and we don't need to name drop. But <laughs> um, <laughs> how we're loosely connected with. NPR celebrities. Anyway, it's, but. yeah, it's it's a <laughs> it goes under our, our our six degrees of of Kevin Bacon. Uh, well, yeah, and also um, the the um, the the term uh, NPR celebrity, I think, is a little bit of an oxymoron. <laughs> uh, depends on what circles you run in, sir. It, well, it's true, uh, and and I I run in the circles where you can say the name Bob Boylan and or Ira Glass and. Uh, um, you know, that's I, I I still uh, you know miss the regular. Um, and I think they're still going on. I just don't catch them all the time. But uh, Ira Flato doing Science Friday. Um, oh yeah, yeah, I catch it every <laughs> once in a while. It's so great. So yeah. <laughs> um, but um, they have gone out of their way to become you know bringing in more diverse voices. I yeah, which is great. Like the yeah, which is important. Which is something that I. That you and I aspire to do um, with this podcast, uh, with this podcast, yeah. and uh, we'll get there. Um, Indeed, bear with us. We're we're still learning. We're working on we're it. We're learning and we're growing. And it also just and depends on who contacts us and who uh, replies to our emails. So yeah, so you know, drop us a line. Uh, <laughs> um, plug right. <laughs> um, for contacting us. So, um, but. What what have you got, sir? But, what do you want to recommend? This oh, week? for oh, um, for me, um, I was hoping you would go first, man. I can. Um, <sighs> I my recommendation for this week, and I think I talked about them a little bit a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I I picked up the the new album by Wild Pink, which is called um, A Billion Little Lights, and uh, okay. um, I. 
you know, it's it's nothing revelatory, but it's 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 kind of like that, you know, that that slice of chocolate cake that you want to dig into every once in a while. Uh, you know, you know, you're gonna like it, and it's gonna uh, satisfy your sweet tooth, um, but you don't want to have it all the time. You know, they uh, have you listened to them at all before? So no. this um, this album reminded me of. Uh, of kind of a, a, a cross between like the war on drugs and um, Snow Patrol. Cause it's kind mm-hmm. of got a little bit of that atmospheric uh, anthemic sound that war on drugs has, but the lyrics are a little more esoteric. Um, it reminded me in particular of, of that, uh, um, that, that kind of uh, uh, like Snow Patrol from the, um, the uh like chocolate era um okay so uh, yeah i don't know i i i I like it um it's it's you know sonically very uh uh you know kind of that ambient pop anthem and uh and lyrically a little more um like there's there's no What's interesting about it is that it feels like there should be these great anthemic choruses, and the but the subject matter ends up being much more um, kind of like conversational. There's no big choruses necessarily, and so I, I liked that it kind of had that sound uh, without falling into that that kind of cliche of the big bombastic kind of choruses. So that's my recommendation. I think it's pretty good. Wild okay. Pink, A Billion Little Lights. Uh, I, too, am going to recommend an album. It's something I've wanted to recommend for a few weeks. I um, feel like now is the time. Uh, so um, there's a... Um, I, I'm, I'm pleased to announce um, that post-punk uh, is still alive and well. Um, uh, especially... Um, in Sweden or Sweden. in Portland, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, uh, with um, a band called Viagra Boys, um, which uh, their new album, <laughs> I believe it's their second. <laughs> uh, it's called um, Welfare J- uh, Welfare Jazz. Um, now, if huh. you um, do not like ir- if you don't like irony, um, then you're not going to like it. Um, but um, these um, what is their what I find so appealing about them is they take the point of view as the the asshole nerd boyfriend and sing about it. So, um, like uh, in the opening single, ain't nice. Um, this uh, uh, the lead singer pretend like says I'm going to move into your house with my um, my collection of pocket calculators, uh, and it's you know it, if you don't know that he's trying to be funny about it, then like it's just um uh, it's funny, it's rhythmic, um, it's um has a lot to say. Um, it's good to run to, uh, which I, I've been running to this album for about a good four weeks now. Um, and, um, it just makes me, um, makes me long for the days when, um, bands had something to say and a funny way of saying it or a cool way of saying it. And they kind of take like on this, uh, like LCD James Murphy LCD sound system losing my edge type vibe where it's uh, you know they're pompous and kind of mean but that's obviously not who they are um, I dig it and apparently I, I they've been around for at least five six years and I'm just discovering them now um, apparently they have a hell of a live show which um Maybe one day hmm. we can we can go to a show and we can check it out. 
but I mean, I don't know, I'm hoping that are, uh, I'm, I'm thinking that. Yeah, that's going to be the thing is that our our favorite small venues are going to be are going to be gone. That's the the deep concern. Mm-hmm. Um, but what, I, if they can hang on a little me, bit longer, I no. think we're going to start to see. I think we're going to start to see touring again by the end of the year. Um, you know, it, yeah. it seems like we're going to. Well, the thing is, Congress we passed together, that. Mm-hmm. Well, Congress passed that uh, passed that act, um, but they haven't distributed the money yet, and it's um, that's why bands like uh, that's why venues like um, Club Red uh, and Mesa, though no one ever I ever liked performed there. Um, sorry, ICP, <laughs> I won't see you. <laughs> um, Still, you know, hometown love. Um, anyway, because I'm from Detroit, <laughs> they can't um, all be winners. And yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> uh, I I like Fago as much as the next guy, but not <laughs> on me. <laughs> um, uh, it just um, you know, it's Club Red closed, so I mean, it's pretty soon. It's gonna. It's going to head from Mesa to downtown. I don't know. I'm just hoping that we can see touring I, open back up again and, and, and I, can, I, I can go to the Crescent Ballroom and get a, a bean and cheese burrito and, and, and see a show. Yeah. It's going to be weird having honey badgers while, you, while you're sober. That's going to – yeah, I, I don't know. But uh, I, I – uh, it's I, I've thought a lot about that, and and the you know the last couple of months um, being being sober, I, I I definitely am gonna try to maintain that. So that'll that'll be interesting because I still want to do all the same other things. Um, so mm-hmm. it'll be. Are Are you starting to get the um, uh, George Costanza? Um, there's an episode where he swears off um, uh, sex and he starts to become smarter. <laughs> uh, are you finding that's working for you with? Uh, well, you know, I've, I've been single this entire pandemic and now I have not had alcohol for the last, you know, two plus months, um, almost three months. And uh, I got to say, I'm not any smarter. <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I guess you got you know, swear off others. You know, now. I, yeah. I I, <laughs> I wouldn't at, at this point. I don't think I would go back to it. It's it's um, you know, it's it's just been. Um, you you should try swearing off something else, Jared, and see how <laughs> that goes. Like what? What's so, left? You made the first step. You made the first step. You did. You know booze now you know maybe you know to get to the next level I, at this point i would need to take up another habit in order to drop something else what are you saying are are you trying to subtly hint that i should stop masturbating because it's all i got left man <laughs> it's it, he can't he can't be taught guys <laughs> it's 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 all i got left <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, and on that note, if you would like to hear more of this kind of conversation, uh, you can support us on Patreon for $5 a month. You get a bonus episode where we talk about just, it could be anything that comes to mind. Uh, the episode that, that dropped for February was uh, a, a conversation sparked by the 1984 Tom Selleck classic, Runaway. Uh, and so if you want to hear where that went, um, you can go to patreon.com slash hoot and waddle and, uh, and $5 a month or more will, uh, help support this show and, uh, future endeavors as we try to, to launch a, a print, uh, journal and, uh, you know, quarterly magazine and, um, and, uh, and, and, and you get more of us. So. Yep. Yeah, we're still we're still very much slowly planning our print journal uh, first issue. 
So um, we'd like to see it uh, in your hands, reading it at the bus stop uh, as you head to your artistic <laughs> endeavor. As you, um, so. as you live a life of the mind. <laughs> yes, as you live a life of the mind. <laughs> uh, I am a writer. I create. <laughs> uh, and on that, keep it mental. I... I am totally going to watch Barton You, you sign off this time. I, I sign off every other time. All right. Uh, keep it mental, Platt yep. Peeps. Keep it mental. Mental Platypus is a production of Hoot and Waddle, producing fun arts and culture podcasts and publishing works of experimental literature since 2016. To learn more about Hoot and Waddle, please visit hootandwaddle.com. To learn how you can help support and sustain Hoot and Waddle, please visit patreon.com forward slash hootandwaddle. <laughs>